Thank you for um, allowing us to have this weekend um, to learn and to grow and um, to just kind of finish off um, the spring semester um, strong, God, and go into the summer so that we can really work on applying a lot of the things that we've learned so that um, we can go into the next school year um, prepared and focused and just ready to to do the things that um, you have planned for us to do, God. Um, just uh, super grateful for the amazing things that you've done and the way that you've worked in so many of our lives, God. And um, I just pray that we, we never forget where we came from and um, all the people that you still have um, for us to meet and um, the girls that are still out there looking for something that, uh, that we have to give to them, God. Um, Help us to continually be growing and in our relationship with you and changing. And um, just thank you for being an awesome God who gives us so many chances. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so there will be nothing that you will hear right now that you have not heard already at some point in time. But um, we talk about leading and whether it be you are a leader or you are someone who is maybe um, like, you know, somebody who's been around for a while or you're somebody that other people look to as someone that they want to follow or you're brand new and you know that this is something that you want and need to aspire to be, to become someone who is to develop into a leader. Um, it's, it's, it boils down to a lot of the basic things that we have talked about this so far this weekend. And I, every single class I've been in, I'm like, bam, bam, bam. Like, that's awesome. I could just come up here and just show clips of whatever and be like, yes, do that. But, um, but I do want to talk really quick just about um, four leadership development roadblocks that kind of get in our way sometimes and keep us from being able to implement some of those things that we've already talked about this weekend. And um, the first one I'm going to talk about is um, I'm never going to be able to properly lead others or become the leader that I aspire to be if I'm prideful. And again, like I said, man, I don't think I went to a single lesson this weekend where they did not talk about humility, humility, humility. And it's almost like super redundant to say it again, but but then again, it's not because that's what, that's what so much boils down to is our pride. For me, it's just, you know, I can look at it and just be like, man, I've come so far and so many things. Like um, we were talking yesterday in the forum about cross chats and they're using our story and they're like, oh, is it hard or easy? And then I was talking with some of the girls later. I'm like, I don't even know that girl anymore. Like she's a completely different person. Like I don't struggle with some of that, any of that stuff anymore, like those things. But, but pride is that thing that I will be kicking till the day I die. There's no doubt about it. Like, Satan is so good and so crafty at being able to be like, well, yeah, you may not do that anymore, or you may not struggle with this anymore, or that might not be something. But right along with that comes that, that's right, I don't struggle with that anymore. That's right, I'm not that girl anymore. You know, and whereas God takes it as like, look, you aren't that girl anymore. You're this now. Be grateful, use it, show it. Satan is right there in our ear whispering like, yeah. That's right, you did that, you know? Or, yeah, they may say that about you, but they don't know you, or they don't know, blah, blah, blah. And again, like I said, every single person did such a good job talking about how pride is that thing that, that keeps us from being all that God wants us to be. But I don't know if I or 
a lot of us take it as seriously as we should. Last night I was driving home and Jackson had a couple kids and a um, couple teenage boys with him in the car. And Kennedy was riding up front and they were kind of asking like, okay, well, can you explain a little bit more about like homosexuality or like different things outside, you know, like sex outside of marriage and different sins and isn't sin, you know, different sins, this and that, you know, are they wrong, are more wrong than others and blah, blah, blah. And they were asking a lot of really good questions and, um, you know, and then me and Kenny were talking to him, we're like, yeah, like, you know, it's this and that, but pride is that thing that, that we all struggle with, that every single one of us has in there. And God says, over, and I was like, you know, he talks way more about that than he does some of this other stuff that these, you know, these things that you guys are bringing up. He talks way more about pride. Um, you look at Proverbs 11 too, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Um, the next verse is uh, James 4, 6, but he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture said, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Like I look at that and if I want to be an effective leader, I can't be in opposition with God. Like it just, you know what I mean? Like the two, it's an oxymoron. The two don't go hand in hand. God can't oppose me and be in opposition to me and yet me be a successful leader, if you are somebody who's like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to, I want to raise up. I want to lead. I want to be somebody who's effective. You cannot be in opposition to God. And he says that in the, the Bible, <laughs> that's why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. God, that's what, that's what God's rooting for. That's what God's biggest, you know, he's the biggest cheerleader for those of us who can swallow our pride and say, I'm wrong. I don't know how to do this. I didn't get to this place on my own. Like I would be nothing if it wasn't for God and, and, the, and what God's people have helped me do in my life. Um, you look at Proverbs 8, 13. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Like he comes right out and says, I hate it. I hate it when you're prideful. I hate it when you're arrogant. Like those are sins that I just, I can't stomach. And it was funny because we were talking about that last night with the kids. I was like, you know, I just, I don't even like to say it out loud because then I'm like, yeah, you know, like it's easy for us to make a big deal out of this or that, but it's really hard for me to say, my God, God can't stomach it when I act this way. And unfortunately, I probably display pride in my life every single day. Like, you know, it's just that thing that I'm constantly having to kick out and be like, no, I'm going to be humble about that. No, I'm going to... I'm gonna ask people to point things out in my life. I'm gonna beg people to be real with me and say, no, tell me what you really think of, like what you really think. Like, please don't hold back. Like, I don't wanna be that kind of person that people feel like, well, I can say this behind her back, but I could never say it to her face because man, she's so stinking prideful. Like, you can't say anything to her. Like, ugh, it makes me sick to my stomach to think about being that kind of person. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times, like, those of us who are in leadership positions, we can be some of the most prideful of them all. It's so easy for me to pick it out with like my kids. I'm like, oh, you're so prideful. You're so arrogant. You think you know so much better, you know? And there's that like old adage, like, where did you get that attitude from? And then like the girl's like, oh, I got it from you, mom. Like, I'm just like you. And sometimes I do look and I'm like, why are you so cocky? Why are you so arrogant? Why do you think you can act this way? Like, and I'm like, mm because they've seen it in action with me. And, um, and that's just one of those things that if I'm gonna be an effective leader, then I have to be somebody who doesn't allow my pride to get the best of me. I don't 
look to defend myself or to make myself look better than what I really am, but that I, I really am really raw and really vulnerable. And I know we've talked about this probably at nauseum this weekend, but it is so important and it's so true. I think most people who have given me any kind of positive feedback about my leadership have said, I've learned the most from you at the moments when you were being, when you were being vulnerable about who you really were, or like when I saw you mess up and I had to watch you apologize, or, you know, or when you were dead wrong or whatever. Because I don't look at myself as somebody who's like, I've got all these strengths and this is something that comes so naturally to me. Like everything's hard work, but, but I really do truly believe that people are, they're attracted to people that they look at and they're like, yeah, she may not have it all together, but man, she's a very, very humble woman. She, she takes advice great. Like I can say anything to her and she's gonna listen and she's gonna have a godly attitude about it. Um, the second roadblock that, um, that um, will keep me from being able to lead effectively or to raise up into leadership is um, I, I'm never going to be able to lead properly if I'm distracted by the world. And again, sometimes I think we can look at things and say like, oh, well, like perhaps I'm not that person anymore. I, didn't, I don't do this and that. But it's, it's just so easy for us sometimes to just get distracted by what's going on in the world. Um, in 1 John 2.15, it says, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And it I like that the Bible is just, it's pretty cut and dry. Like it's, it can't be, it's like, you can't be here and there. You can't be living this way, but then also living that way. And that was another thing that we talked about with the kids last night is Jackson was like, it just seems too hard to live two separate lives, to be this way at school and be this way at church, to try to keep this friendships different from that friendships. He was like, it just seems exhausting. And I'm like, that's because it is impossible to live two separate lives. They will, one will always catch up with you. Like you can't be like in the world and of it. You know, like it just, it doesn't work that way. Like you have to make sure that you are constantly keeping your eyes focused on God and his kingdom. And it's so easy for me sometimes to get distracted by, and it's not even things that are necessarily wrong. You know, it could be like work or it could be finances. I know a lot of us are women, we're worriers. We're like, how am I gonna pay for this? How am I gonna do that? How am I gonna make sure that, you know, I'm a mom all the time. Moms are like, but I gotta have my kid in bed at a certain time and I've gotta do this and I've gotta do that. And I know a lot of you guys right now don't have to worry about that, but those are things that will come someday. You know, right now you're like, yeah, I'm super passionate and I'm on fire and I stay up till two o'clock every single night and I blah, blah, blah. But in a few years, some of you guys will be getting married and having children and you're going to have to make that decision. What's going to be the thing that's going to maybe steal my distraction or steal my focus and distract me here and there? Is it going to be, and, and I know you, you're like, yeah, you're crazy, you're not, whatever. But I sat down and had a meeting with my son's principal and she told me that Je that Lincoln's hierarchy of needs, Mavslog's hierarchy of needs of security weren't being met because of like stupid things <laughs> like being late for school here or there. We take him out sometimes early to go to something. And I was like, woman, that kid is loved more than any kid you could ever imagine. Like, yeah, sometimes grandma or grandpa have to pick him up or an aunt or uncle. That kid is fine. But I'm not gonna lie when I said when she said that, it didn't like cut me and I'm like, are you, are you serious? Like, I'm like, is he being bad in class? You know, is blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no. 
but you know, and I'm like, oh, your attendance is, your attendance record is damaged. <laughs> so, you know, therefore it must, but I'm like, no, I mean, we've been told, me and Ashley have both been told like, your kids need to go to bed earlier on Sunday nights because they seem kind of tired on Mondays. You guys need to stop doing so much on Sundays. And we're like, that's funny. But we're like, no, they'll be okay. They need to learn to suck it up and they need to learn to do, you know, the most important things. But but it was really easy for Satan to get in my head and say, like, do you want other people to view you as a bad mom? Like, you need to have your kid in bed at this time, and you need to be doing this, this, and this. And like I said, it doesn't have to be something that's, that's necessarily a bad thing. But for a lot of us, sometimes it is, it is things that are bad. The world makes things look so attractive to us that it's easy for us to get distracted by it. We're like... Well, I know this might not line up with God's word, but everybody else is saying that this is either okay or this is something I should do or this is something, you know, that maybe isn't such a big deal or whatever. And I just, sometimes I sit back and I'm in awe of the things that people allow to go on in their lives or that they get distracted by that I'm like, that is not, that is something that we should have no part in. That's something that when we made a commitment to be a disciple and to grow and to try to lead others, that, we sh- that those things should no longer be a part of our lives. Um, Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may cons- discern what is the will of God that is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, you know, it's just, it's so easy to be conformed by the environment that we're in, but we have to make sure that we are constantly being transformed, the renewal of my mind, that I'm not making this like climb the success ladder as my top priority or a house or a car or whatever else it might be, or even like school and like an (laughs) And sometimes people are like, oh, I'm like, no, I think you should go to school. I think you should work your hardest. I think you should get the best grades possible. Like, I'm constantly on my children about that. Like, I was a good student. I'm not in any way saying that those those aren't things that you should do, but your purpose and your meaning behind it. Are you going to school and are you being a good student because it's what God wants you to do so that you can be more effective in his kingdom? Or is it about getting those distractions of the world? Well, I'm not going to come to this, or I'm not going to do that, or I don't, I don't have time to really step up and maybe be like an intern or to do whatever because I've got all this work, and I don't want it to affect um, or interfere with what my plans are. And again, there may not be bad things, quote unquote, but we do get distracted by the world. Um, the third thing is um, I will never lead if, um, if I'm complacent. Um, you, we all know those people that put in like half the work, but want a hundred percent results, right? Like they're like, I don't understand why I, you know, I work out, but why do I not look like that? And I'm like, well, I've seen you work out. There's very clearly a reason why you don't like you come and you talk half the time and you don't do this or that, or, you know, like, um, well, I'm just not making very much money. And we're like, well, you call off half the time. Like, so you can't pay your bills because you, you're always sick or, you know, or you oversleep or whatever. Um, there's, there's very much that mentality. Um, no, we've talked about it a billion times or whatnot, but it's very entitled right now. Like I should be able to get all of this, but I don't want to put in this kind of work. So I'll just kind of sit back and relax and, you know, do things just kind of half, I was going to say half a, but (laughs) like, um, I don't know what the word is, (laughs) but just, you know, kind of put in just half the work. You know, do the bare minimum required. You're like, why am I not, like, I I have seen people before be like, why am I not leading yet? And I'm like, because you're so complacent in your relationship with God. 
You're not like putting 100% of everything you have into it. You do the very bare minimum. Like, yeah, you might show up here and maybe you go and do this or you go do that. You know, leaders that are like, well, why can't I be as effective of a leader, you know, in helping other people change and grow? Well, because you're not giving it 100%. You look at um, Hebrews 6, 11 through 12, and now I want each of you to extend the same intensity toward a full-bodied hope and keep it until the finish. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stayed the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. Like, so often we, we do, like, just there's a, that dragging of the feet or there's that, like, well, maybe I started off with a really good high intensity and I had really good intentions, but then I got tired or things got hard or whatever else and I just became complacent. You know, I go through those periods of time with, with my quiet times even where there's those times I'm first thing in the morning, read, study, write, you know, focus. And then I'll go through those times where I'm like, man, where did that go? Like, I just became very much so like, hmm, yeah. You know, and then I'll be like, okay, I got to recommit again to just something as basic and simple as like being in my word. But it's very, very important for us if we want to be really, truly effective leaders. And if those of you who, man, you guys are oozing with potential, to be able to raise up and be amazing women of God that can do tremendously more than I could ever dream. But I look at you sometimes and I'm like, but you're just there. You're just content to just be there. You know, maybe it's like, well, I have friends and that's cool and they pour into me, you know, or maybe you're even good at serving, serving people who have something to offer you back or, you know, whatever else. But as far as like that intensity that it talks about and that full bodied hope, fighting to the end, not dragging your feet, like staying that course with a committed faith, not just that like, I'm, I believe I, I'm a good girl. Like, man, I hate the good girl syndrome. I lived in it forever and I hate it when I go back to it. I hate it. And I sometimes wake up and I'm like, man, what have you, what are you actually doing? Just like going through life and you're just good girl. Like you're not, you're not fully committed. You're not fully intense. You're not like, you know, jumping into everything with 100%. Like doing what's easy and what's comfortable and what feels, what feels like challenging enough, but not too, uh, you know, doesn't ask too much out of me. And I'm never going to be able to be one of those, you know, one of those just powerfully effective in God's kingdom women being complacent. And um, the final one of the four um, developmental roadblocks is um, if I'm I'm just a super negative person. And I think it's really important for us to understand the difference in being realistic versus negative because you know there's (laughs) you have those people and they're like yeah blah 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 and you're like what planet are you living on like that is not you are not living in real life in any way shape or form and then you have those people on the opposite end of the spectrum that everything sucks every nothing's gonna work out the right way like you know and you're like man there's no hope or dreaming when it comes to them like everything's dumb and everything's not gonna work and you know like maybe you guys all put on an event and everything there was something you could find something wrong about every single thing you know that was there or you know whatever it might be um but we really do have to we have to find a balance between being between being completely unrealistic people. I've also talked to people and they were like, oh my gosh, things are going so great, the blah, 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 this person, that. And like everyone looking around is like, no, 
that is not in any way, shape, or form reality. Like, like you need to step up and you need to say some hard things and you need to make some changes. And I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the negative. Like, you know, it's, if you're currently like in any type of leadership capacity, I'm sure you understand what I'm saying, where you get to those places where you're like, that sucks, you suck you're the, that's the dumbest decision anyone's ever made. And you might as well just lay down and be finished with it. I'm horrible. Like, you know, and you just get in that real negative state to where nothing good can come from anything. And I like that all the classes I went to, every single one was like, don't forget where you came from. And when you see people making mistakes, don't you forget where you were five years ago, two weeks ago, you know, whatever it may be. But I do think it is really easy for us sometimes to get that way. We've tried and tried and tried. We've been reaching out. We've been, you know, doing whatever and things don't pan out. Someone says no or they reject it or you really pour into somebody and then they walk away from God. And it's so easy to go to that negative place to where you're like, forget it, I'm done. Like, you know, or, you know, somebody comes up to you and they have, you know, like they could say 20 positive things to you. I believe in you. You have this, you have this, you have this, but you really need to work on that. And how, how do you walk away? I can't believe they just ripped me a new one and told me I'm the worst person alive. And I've, I've been that person and I've had those conversations before where later I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it was like 20 good things, one bad thing. And then you get a phone call the next day. I'm so discouraged by that conversation we had. But I'm like, I get it because I've been there before. You know, my husband calls it the snowball effect. Like something goes bad. And then all of a sudden, like the next thing, like this is bad and that's bad and that's bad. And then we're never coming back from that. You know, and you look at, um, I think of the spies of Canaan. You know, um, Moses sends in these 12 people. Um, and he says like, spy out the land. Tell me what it is. He didn't even like, I read through it a couple of times. He wasn't like, let us know whether or not you think we can do it or not. He's just like, give us, give us feedback. Let us know like kind of like what we're getting ourselves into here. And, um, and so he sends the 12 in and it says, um, oh, I think my phone just reset itself. Um, at the end of the 40 days, uh, they returned from spying out the land. They came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness. They brought back word to all of them, to the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Like, remember, they're, like, carrying back grapes on, like, on like boulders in between them. Like, it's gigantic, and it's, like, plentiful and wonderful. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified um, and very large. Besides, we saw d descendants of Anak there. Um, and then they start saying, and these people dwell there, and these, and these, and all these bad people do. Um, and then, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are able to overcome it. Um, then the men who had gone up with them said, we are not able to go up against those people. They're stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out saying, the land, though, uh, which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people we saw are of great height. And so when he first looked at it, he said, like, I'll never be able to lead if I'm negative. But the truth about it is, is I will lead people places if I'm negative. They led people places being so negative and not listening to what God said and not holding on to that hope that God gave them that said, I'm going to give you this land. You're going to have it. Like they had that assurance that it was theirs and they were going to be able to do it. And they led people. They led them into wandering the wilderness. They led, they led them into horrific 
um, circumstances. So that's the thing that I need to make myself aware of is I think sometimes it's easy for me to be like, yeah, I may not ever be a leader if I'm a super negative person, but you will lead people. You'll drag people away from maybe a relationship with God. Yeah, maybe you're able to hold on here and be negative Nancy or whatever else, but other people may give up hope and just completely walk away from their relationship with God and live a life that you look at and you're like, man, it's because I never showed them any kind of hope, any kind of like grace or mercy. Everything was bad and negative. And I never showed them that our God's an amazingly big God. And although, yeah, that might be bad right now, like God can take care of that or God can do more. Yeah, maybe somebody said something to me that hurt for a little bit, but they said it for my betterment because they have believe in me that I can be something more, you know? And we have something we always say is like, we're not gonna waste our time saying something harsh to you that you may get upset over if we didn't think that something good would come from it. If we didn't think you could change, I would just be like, or if I didn't love you, I'd just be like, all right, I ain't gonna lose any sleep over it. My life's still good, whether or not you are this way or not. But because people love you, they say those things to you. And so to really look at things and be like, you know what? I have a choice here. I can either be completely negative or I can look at things and be like, what good can come from this? What can God do from this? Because you have Caleb and he stood up and said, no, we can do this, no problem. But because you had 10 other ones that were like, no, no, we can't. They led the entire rest of the group of people away. And so, um, you know, you look at that, that, just that quick little story and I'm just like, man, I don't wanna be that woman. I wanna be that woman that one, people are like, I wanna be around her because everything's always so bad or she's always complaining or, you know, you know, nothing's ever right or good enough. Like, not that she's not realistic and says, hey, this could be better, let's work on changing this. You know what I'm saying, there's a difference between the two. Um, but, but also like, I just wanna be a woman that gives people hope. That they look at me and they look at my life and although I'm like, yeah, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I wish I had a lot more talent. Yeah, you know, like some days are worse than others. But man, God's changed my life. Man, things are so much better. Man, I have a really good family. Like, you know, like it's, we have that choice of how we're going to decide to, what path we're going to decide to go on and what path we're going to lead other people down back that are following us. You look at Proverbs 22, 10, it says, drive out a scoffer, the strife will go out and quarreling and abuse will cease. Like those words that come with that term, that person, strife will leave when they go, quarreling, abuse will leave. You know what it's like when a super negative person who's like, that's dumb, that won't work, blah, blah, blah. When they leave a room, how it's almost like the air gets a lot less dense and it's like you can breathe because you're like, oh, okay. You know, and, and the Bible's pretty clear about it. It's like, it's right. Quarreling will leave. Like the abuse that you suffer from having to listen to that or to feel like downcast or, you know, like hopeless, that can be gone. So um, those are the four things um, that are developmental roadblocks. Um, we're gonna go through really quickly um, eight things. Like I said, every single one of them um, was 
talked about in the, the previous lessons, the breakouts we had today. So I really encourage you that if you didn't get to go to some of the other ones to get the tapes and listen to them because they went into it um, much more extensively and amazing. But um, a few things that we can look at is um, that I can do to make sure that if I'm a leader, what I can do to help raise up other people. But since most of us in here are not, what I can do, um, the first thing is it's like I have to choose to, to follow. Like... I know it sounds super, super simple, but if you've ever tried to drag around an animal that doesn't want to go where you're taking it, if you're, if you're the person in the lead, it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, you know, if you've ever tried to take a child someplace, that they, I mean, you can, we, me and Jenna took Ezra to the doctor the other day, um, to a rheumatoid, and she had to check for arthritis, so she had to feel in every single joint. I am not exaggerating when I say she had all her body weight on the upper half, and I had all of mine on the lower half of him, and it still took us about 10, 15 minutes to get a full work up on that kid because he was fighting. So, I mean, this poor little Asian man was like, he's so strong, he's so strong. And we were like, I know, but I'm bruising this kid. But I mean, like you got this little like 30 something pound two year old. And he doesn't want it, and he did not want that anyone to touch him. And he let it be known. I, after we left, I was like, I'm exhausted. That was exhausting. Us, two full-grown women holding down a two-year-old. You know, think about if you are underneath someone and they're trying to lead you and help you go someplace and you are kicking and screaming the whole way. If they have to say the same thing to you 400 times, just imagine the exhaustion that goes along with that. You know, where you're, where they're, where you're like, well, why won't you pour into me? Like, why, why don't you, you know, why, why don't you give me as much time as, I hear that a lot. Why don't you give me as much time as so-and-so? Because when so-and-so comes to me and they ask me for advice and I give it to them and it's biblical, they go do it. Like it's, it, it works. But with you, it's like I said, like pulling, you know, an animal <laughs> to the slaughterhouse. Like, we're not going anywhere bad. Why don't you just stop fighting and allow, and allow yourself to be led the proper, you know, the proper um, places? Um, the second thing that um, I have to do, and again, talked about it nauseam throughout the day, is, but we have to be together. If I'm a leader, I have to be spending time with people. If I'm someone who wants to grow and wants to be, become someone of influence, I have to be around people. And I think the biggest thing that I really want to impress upon this is there sometimes is one, one extreme or the other. Either we're just buddy-buddy, we're just friends, we hang out together, we, you know, you know, we have a very casual relationship, or it's just very like, I, I come to you, I need stuff, you give it to me. It's very like, you know, cut and dry. And that's one thing that I've even found like working with being, I'm a zone leader, so I'm, I have like six, seven leaders like underneath me, is once, some, once they get to that position right there, it doesn't stop. Like they, those girls need the friendship more than anybody. They are constantly pouring into people. They're constantly, you know, giving of themselves and sacrificing time. And sometimes they just need a good friend. Sometimes they just need to be like, let's laugh together. Let's, let's just get together and, you know, have lunch. And, you know, there's those times when I'm like, 
you know, with my cell leaders, I'm like, hey, let's just go out to lunch. I want to hear all about your life. Tell me everything that's going on with you. We don't want to talk about like any, any of anybody else. I don't want you to ask me for advice on how to help anybody else's life. I just want to hear about your life because sometimes it is, sometimes when we are in ministry and we are helping and we're pouring into people, we just need we just need to have a good friend. We just need to be around someone. And um, that's the thing that I think I pride, like I love my zone so much. Like sometimes we'll get together, have a zone meeting and like get things accomplished. <laughs> and we'll spend the first hour and a half just like catching up on our life and laughing and joking. And, you know, and, and sometimes we have to be like, okay, we got to get down to business. But, you know, what else, a meeting that'll start at seven and every, every single person in there works a full-time job and has to be up at any time between four 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. Um, and it's like midnight and they're like, I gotta go home. I have to go home. Like I have to go to bed. But there's that like camaraderie that's like spending that time together and talking about what's going on in our life and struggles and, you know, the text messages throughout the week, whether it be funny memes or it just be like um, devos that we're going through or whatever, but we have to be together. I know everyone's talked about share our lives together, be open, um, hurt, cry, um, you know, like just don't ever feel like... Um, you know, this is just a relationship that's just like, I come to you, I get advice, you know, like ask them how, how they're doing. You know, if you're somebody and you have a small group leader or whatever, like be like, hey, how are you doing with things? What's going on in your life? Is there anything I can help you with? You know, be very aware of those things and just be a good friend to them sometimes. You don't just have to go to someone that's like mentoring you, you know, just when you need something from them. And I think that that's like, that can, be one of the, that can be one of the greatest blessings in someone's life. And I've had girls really great raise up and become leaders. And a big part of it was like they were just there during like times when I just needed them, you know. And, and then they were like, oh, okay. And they saw things and they, you know, they were like, oh, okay. This is how I step in and this is how I love someone. This is how I care for someone. And, you know, I used to have a girl that used to always come to me and go, love me, love me. And then I was like, hey, it'd be really nice if one day you came up to me and just said, I love you. And she was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. I'm so, and she's total sweetheart, love her to death, really didn't love me. But I was like, at that point in time, I had just gotten some really bad news. Like I think Ezra was in the hospital and we just gotten like some horrific news and she came up and was like, love me. And I was like, no, you tell me you love me. Like I need you to love me right now. But a big part of that is that I also have to make sure that I'm letting people know, like I need friendships. I need you to, you know, find out how I'm doing. I need to share my life with you. Um, the third thing is um, that I, I really need to make sure that I'm impressing, impressing upon and that, you know, that we're complying to God's standards. You know, we've talked about this over and over and over. We had a lesson to just dealt with sin. Every single lesson I was in talked about making sure that, we're, that we are not picking and choosing what parts of the Bible are ones that I want to follow and which ones I don't think are that big of a deal. That's huge. Like, even for me, I'm like, Hannah, you know there are still, there's still crap in your life that you minimize, that you act like it's not that big of a deal, but it affects your leadership. It affects your ability to be, to, you know, to be able to reach out to people, to be effective. And it's just very important that we are constantly looking towards God's word. That if I'm leading somebody, that I'm constantly being like, this is what God's word says. This is what the Bible says. You know, like, yes, there may be some times when it's like, I need your opinion-ish, you know, but it needs to be somewhat rooted in God's word. You know, like there are things with 
I think about child rearing sometimes. Like, you're not going to be able to go straight to the Bible and be like, spank at this thing, but do not spank at that thing. But overall, the Bible says, like, if you really love your child, then you will discipline them. And so I can go back and be like, if this is something that's going to affect your child negatively, if they don't learn, then yeah, like this would be an instance to where they're being rebellious. <laughs> you need to take care of it. But, you know, but for the most part, I need to make sure that I am constantly going to God's word, that I am completely surrendering my life 100%. Um, and like I said, the biggest thing has to be is like, we can't pick and choose we don't get to, get to decide what parts of the Bible are relevant for us today or what parts of the Bible, like, I feel like this is, the, this is the most important stuff. You know, we have to look at the whole verse. When the Bible says, this is sin, this, you know, won't inherit the kingdom. Of, I have to look at those things. When the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience. I always want to skip over patience because I have three children. So I feel like most days patience is like down the tube with me. I'm like, failed at that, failed at that again today. Yep. Like I started off this morning with being like, I'm going to be late. Get in the car. Like totally lost my patience on them, you know? And it's easy for me sometimes to be like, but I have three kids. They don't listen. Patience is like, yeah, but like I have these other things in my life, but it doesn't get to work. It doesn't work that way. I have to 100% um, commit to God's standards, God's standards. If you are going to lead, you have to 100% commit to God's standards. It can't be like, well, the world, you know, it's not that big of a deal to the world now. Or like I said, well, it doesn't really fit into like how things like work in our society now. Like it doesn't matter. It's God's way or it's no way. Um, and just, you know, just making sure that I, um, number four is just, I commit to giving it all. Like I said, can't be a half in, half out. Um, I heard a story told um, at a school that I sub at, and he was talking about, like, um, he was trying to compare, like, a, you're surrendering your life over in baptism and how, like, it's got to be all or nothing. And he was like, you know, if I call you up and I say, like, hey, do you want to go to Six Flags tomorrow? Like, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to pick you up at 7. We'll be there all day. We won't be done till 10. And you're like, yes, I want to come. And then somebody else calls you up and they're like, hey, I'm having a birthday party tomorrow. It's from eight to, eight to five or eight to three. Do you want to come? And you're like, uh, you know, and then like somebody else is like, hey, grandma's coming into town tomorrow. Like, do you want to have lunch with her? Like he, you know, and it was, he was talking to children, of course. So he was like, can you do all three of those? Can you be a part of all three of those events? You know, and they were like, no. And he was like, no, because once you said yes to one thing, you have to 100% be all there. You can't be at three different places at once. But unfortunately, in our spiritual life, we try to act that way. We're like, I know I 100% committed to being here, to being a disciple, to, to pouring everything I had into doing what God wants. But I also still kind of want to do things my way. But I also still kind of want to make this person happy and this and that. And you look at God's word and God's like, no, actually I came to cause divisions because you can't do it all. People will get mad. Families will be divided. People will hate you because of me, because you do what I say. And for those of us who don't like people to never be upset with us, which is me, I'm that person. I don't, I don't care if I've never met you before. If you were like, ah, there's something about you I just don't like, that would bother me. Now I have like married to someone's like, don't care. 
You know, and I look at that all the time, like, how do you not care? Like, it could be someone close to him and he'd be like, I'm not bothered by, you know, what they think of me or whatever, but I'm like, I want people to be happy with me all the time. I, I hate it that anyone would ever be upset with me, like, or say something like, I didn't like the way you did that or whatever. Like, it's so hard for me to, like, even like, okay, I make cakes, for instance. Like, I don't like to be there when people pick up their cakes because I don't want to see the look on their face if they're like, oh. Like, and so I usually try to schedule a pickup for when I'm not there or to have my husband deliver it or something because I don't, you know, and then I wait, like, anxiously by till I get the, like, oh, my gosh, I love it. And then I'm like, oh, and then I can breathe again. Like, it could be something as stupid as that. Like, who cares? It's flour and sugar and, you know, just 20 hours of my life for that week. <laughs> but... I ha- and I've only had one person ever be negative about it. But, you know, like, it's easy for us to try to people please and be like, well, I don't want, you know, I don't want my mom or my dad to be upset with me. And, and I think you should do your best to try to keep good family relationships so that you can, you know, make sure that you can reach out to them. I'm not saying, like, be like, screw all you. Like, I in no, no way mean that. But so often we're too busy just trying to be pulled in too many different directions. And it, it just, it can't work that way. Um, uh, number five is just like, I, I promise that as a leader, I'm going to show you what to do. But as someone who's aspiring to learn, you have to watch. And you have to, you have to pay attention to what people are doing in order to learn. Because sometimes I will look at people and I'll be like, okay, go do this. And they'll be like, I don't know how. And I'll be like, you've been you've been here for 17 years. Like, you should have picked up on some of this by now. Like, how closely were you watching and were you paying attention? So we're finishing out a house right now, and um, we hired Ryan Graham. He came over and did a bunch of, um, he finished out all the walls on the inside, framing, that's what it's called. So he framed up all of our walls, okay? So my husband went out there with him every time he did it. And Carrie knows nothing about carpentry, like, zero he's never built anything before or whatever but he's like I'm gonna be there if he needs me to hand him something like whatever and so he's like you know I'm I'm just I'm gonna be there the whole time and sometimes they won't get done till like one o'clock in the morning or whatever so the other day he calls me up and so Ryan's part's pretty much done but the plumber came in and the plumber was like hey I know you already have walls framed up in your laundry room but I need a mini half wall built next to it or I can't hook up your washer and dryer. So Ryan's at work because he works a full-time job and Carrie was out there and this plumber's out there for one day only. So Carrie's like, so he's like talking to me. So he's like, so I built, so I built him a wall. And I was like, what the heck? You can't build a wall? Like, like and he was like, yeah, I, I, I can do it. I watched Ryan. And I was like, Ryan was out there for two nights. Like, and he was like, I watched him really closely. And I just... I just modeled what he, I just did what he modeled for me. And so I just saw it for the first time last night when we went out there and I was like, dang, babe, your wall, your half wall looks good. <laughs> and then Ryan was there and Ryan's like, he didn't really say much. <laughs> he was just like, it's there. It's not going to fall over. But it was funny because I looked at it and if it were me, that time, I would have freaked out. I would have been calling around trying to find somebody who was really, really good at it to come and do it. Like, you know what I mean? But he was like, no, I watched. He's like, no, I can't go build my own house now. But he's like, I can build a simple half wall because I've been with Ryan for like 
probably, he, they probably spent 30 hours in one week together, you know, and he was like, and I watched him and I intensely studied what he did because even though I don't have this ability at all before, I wanted to be able to have it. And I looked at him, I was like, that's the difference between me and you is you see things and you're like, what can I learn? How can I get better at that by watching? Because I'm going to need this at some point in time in my life. And to say he was proud of the wall is an understatement. Like everyone walked through, is like, built this half wall right here. <laughs> Attached to a, another wall that was built by a professional. But still, you know, I was like, and I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Like, because, you know, it's, there's something really cool about somebody watching somebody do something and then replicating it. And, you know, I just look at it and I'm like, you know, Ryan's amazing. Like, he can go in and build things. And, like, and you just look at it and you're like, you've been here for four hours and you just built that? Like, that's insane. Like, you know, and we can look at it and be like, well, he's really good. So, Cool. You know, but instead he looked at him and was like, I want to learn from the best. Like, he's really good, and he's willing to sit here and show me how to do it. So I'm going to pay attention, and then I'm going to figure out how to do it. And we need to be that way in our, in our, in our walk, in our relationship with God. Um, me, I was the most super shy, terribly, and like, when people are like, I'm such an introvert. I'm like, you don't know an introvert until you know who I was when I was 17 years old. Like, literally bald when people brought out a Back in the day, it was a video camera like this that sat on your shoulder. Um, they brought out a video camera to record, and I started to cry and, like, hid in the bathroom because I was so, like, terrified of everything, just everything. I was super shy, super quiet. And I just remember that point in time coming, like, I can either be this way or I can go find people who are really good at talking to people and learn how to do it. And at the time, Summer was, some, some of you guys know her, her name's Summer Black. She can strike up a conversation. She is like the female Carrie. Like she just struck up a conversation with anybody, anywhere, does not matter. And by the end of the conversation, she's like, knows her whole life story. She's told them everything she thinks they need to do to change <laughs> what's going on. But like, I was like, all right. And in a lot of ways, I was her leader and I taught her different things, but I was like, I'm not good at this. I looked at Maria and Maria could just like, people walked in and she was so friendly and nice and made people smile. And I was like, I'm not kidding when I say, I had to learn to like smile, like when I would approach people. And even still to this day, I have to be like, okay, you're gonna go in somewhere. You need to smile. You need to not squint. You need to say things like, hi, how are you? Like, cause it just, it just wasn't natural for me, and it was just really hard. And I would, like, watch, like, how, how do they do their body language when they talk to people and stuff? And it was something as simple and basic as that that I had to learn to grow in. But then it was, it was far more than that. I would go, you know, we'd go out to dinner as a family. There was never a time when Carrie wouldn't engage the waitress in a conversation, like drive through people. I mean, we're in a drive through with a long line. Like, hey, so where do you go to school? Do you blah, blah, blah? And I was like, dude, we're in a drive through Like, get your food and go. But there was never, and there was never a time that he didn't see an opportunity and, and try to like leave a good impression on someone or get to know somebody. And it was cool getting to see, you know, getting to be like, I'm going to try that. And then we did actually have some friends, like I know some of you guys know this girl named Allison. She was our waitress at Bob Evans. And when we had a girls meeting there and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this, you know? And then she like, you know, she came around, she became a Christian and then she had to move away because her husband was in the military. But I was like, oh my gosh, it works. Like if I'm friendly and I'm nice to people and I ask them about their life, like I can make friends with people. But, and I know it sounds, I know it sounds stupid, but I didn't know how to do it. 
and I had to watch people and I had to learn from people. And some of you guys were the same way. Some of you were like, I don't know how to do this. Or I don't know how to be like quiet sometimes. Like maybe you're a super loud mouth and you've always got something to say and you're always like the life of the party and you're like, you know what? This person is somebody that people see as a really good friend. So maybe I can just go and sit back and ask someone a question and I can just sit there and listen to them and like not talk over them or, you know, whatever else it might be. Um, the next thing that we can do is, um, entrust, um, I need to entrust responsibility, but I also need to be a trustworthy person. I have seen girls before beg and beg and beg and beg. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. And then you're like, okay, here's your little baby. Do it. And then like total ball drop. Like, and then they like, are like, why I see you're, you're letting so-and-so do these things and you're trusting her to do those things. And I'm like, yeah, that's because we gave you things. We put things on your plate and you didn't do anything with it. You know, you think of the parable of the talents when he's like, well, I buried it and I didn't lose it. You know, and and he's like, yeah, but everybody else did something with it. And if you really want to be somebody who is being, you know, being um, entrusted with things in your ministry and you really need to step up and take more of a hold of things, you can't be like, hey, let me do this. Let me do this. Trust me. I want to be your right-hand girl. And then as soon as you get like one thing goes wrong, you freak out and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed. Everything, blah, blah, blah. Because then your leader's like, well, I can't give her stuff because she gets stressed out if someone looks at her the wrong way or she can't handle schoolwork and then also studying the Bible with someone. Like, you know, whatever. And a lot of it just has to do with us just being trusting God. And knowing that if we have things that, we're, that are on our plate, God's going to help us. Um, he's going to help us make sure that we're doing it if we're doing what we need to do. But also we need to be able to, for me, it's about loosening the reins, giving people things to do. And that's the coolest thing is when you see people in your ministry like exhibit a talent and you're like, oh, thank God you can take this. <laughs> like, I remember when we first started, we threw like a kegger and I had to do like, advertising and planning and whatever else. And it was so stressful and it was never as good as it is now because now I'm like, you're okay. You're good at advertising. Okay. You're good at planning. Okay. You're good at this. And then I would like give it to them and everybody like did their role. And then it was like, Oh man, I can actually go and enjoy this. But also like, it's just working better. Um, number seven is I must, uh, I must critique and I must be critiqued. And this kind of goes back, I'm not going to really hit on it too hard. It goes back to the very beginning. You have to be realistic. We all have sin. We all have something stupid in our lives that we struggle with. It's going to be said to you. Like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, man, somebody hasn't said anything to me in a long time about what I'm doing wrong. And I know that I'm doing, I know I'm not perfect. So they must either be saying it behind my back or they don't feel like they can say it to my face. And so just this week I got on my girls thing and I was like, hey guys, I know you guys see stuff in my life. Please come to me and say it. Please make sure that you're saying these hard things to me. I don't ever want us to have the kind of friendship or relationship where we don't say the stuff we need to say to each other. And every single girl responded back like, you're right, we gotta be good friends to each other and say the stuff we've gotten lazy or whatever. Um, And so we have to make sure that the easiest people to give good feedback to are the people that come and are like, "Give give me feedback. Tell me how I'm doing. I promise I'll handle it the right way. And those are always the women that rise above always the ones that grow the most, the ones that are like, no, I can do it. I may not like it. I may not like that there are bad things because nobody likes to be told that they're not perfect, even though we know it. But it is really important that we give each other good, good feedback. And sometimes that's 
sometimes it's like, hey, you're doing really good at this, keep it up. And sometimes it's like, you know, maybe this isn't for you or, you know, that wasn't the best thing ever. Obviously handling it with grace and not being rude or hateful, but it really is important that we do that. And then this is the last thing is the thing we've talked about this whole time is just reproduction. I constantly need to be reproducing myself. Something that I've said like since the very beginning is, is I always need to be looking ahead of me and seeing someone there, but I always need to be looking behind me and seeing someone behind me. And I hope that if I do have people behind me that they're heading in the right direction. If you look behind you and you don't see anybody behind you, then that's a problem. And you really, really need to take a serious look at it. Or if you look behind you and you see people following you and they're not going, and they're not going the right path, Again, you really need to take a really good, hard look at it because over and over and over again, the Bible says it. He says like, you know, there's gonna be a crop. There's gonna be a harvest. I'm gonna cut off the dead branches and throw them into the fire because I don't want anything attached to me that's dead and not growing and not reproducing. And so it is really important for us to always take that super seriously. You know, like, Again, I've seen girls be like, I really want to lead. Like, put me in a, put me in a position. Get and trust me. And we're like, but you have no fruit. So I don't even know who you would lead or where, what you would do. Because there, you, your life isn't reproducing anything. You're not re- reproducing maybe the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You're not reproducing, you know, disciples. So making sure that we are constantly you know, that we're constantly going. God's kingdom is constantly growing. As a church who sends out church plants, man, it's so hard to build the relationships and grow so close and then be like, you have to go out on a church plant. Um, We recently did a special contribution and my youngest one before we started was the stingiest thing with money ever. Like didn't want to give it. Like everything he found, he would like put in his pocket. So we were trying to explain this special contribution. We're going to save up money and we're going to give it. And he was like, finally kind of on board with it, which he turned out to be the most excited of everyone, like, in the end. But at the beginning, he's like, okay. And then he's like, what are we doing this for? And like, because of the church plant that's going out, we want to make sure that we take good care of him. Like, you know, Jake and Katie, they're going out. And he's like, wait a minute. You want me to give my money to send my friend Jake away? And he was like, absolutely not. Like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And then he like got in his head, if I don't give money, then Jake won't leave. You know, and I was like, Jake's still going to leave whether or not you give your money or not. Do you want Jake to be without? (laughs) And, um, but you know, I do look at that sometimes, you know, we do really hold on to each other really tightly. There's been times when I've literally thought like, this group I have right now is super good. I don't want anybody coming in here and messing up what we got going on right now it's good. Like if somebody else comes in, then we all won't be able to deal with just each other and we all won't be safe and comfortable. And then somebody else's drama might come in or, you know, whatever else it might be. And I've thought that before. And then I've had to like take a step back and be like, oh my gosh, you horrible human being. Like you would let people's lives, you would let people go to hell or let people be separated from God because you like the comfort that you have. And it is hard to let people go, to go on church plants, to maybe move away and go, you know, start something new and to learn and to grow somewhere else. Like, it's so hard for me to let Katie grow, go. And it's crazy because the closer it gets to the time of her going, I feel like the closer we get. So then I'm like, this sucks even worse. Like, I should have stayed back away and like, you know, whatever, because then it wouldn't have hurt so bad. But I know the importance is, is that she's going to need our support more 
than ever when she goes on this church plant and she's making all these sacrifices. And so we need to make sure we're supportive and we're loving and we're pouring in and we're, you know, and that we're helping her reproduce. So, you know, you look at those things, all eight of those things. Again, we talked about them over and over again this weekend, but it, it's the Bible and it's true. And if we want to be the kind of women that are going to have ministries that are going to explode, churches that are going to grow, change people's lives, then these are the things that we do need to. The first four things, we need to fight those things with everything we have. And we need to make sure that we're implementing all of the things that we've learned this weekend. Um, I would pray and then we'll be done. Um, dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you again for this weekend. Um, Thank you just for everything that, um, that you've given us. God, thank you for campus ministry. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here if you hadn't put a, a campus ministry on SIUE's campus um, to reach out to me my very first day there, God. And I will, I will never forget. Um, and I will always be grateful to those people who talked to probably the most awkward human being alive and, and reached out to me and helped me. Um, just grow and gain a relationship with you and gain an amazing church and an amazing family, God. I pray that we always remember that and we always are looking to advance your kingdom by changing and growing the kind of, and by changing and becoming the kind of women that we need to be for you, God. Thank you for everything you've done in Jesus' name. Amen.